Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Safe Haven. I am your host, Darlene Anjoud. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about racism. Okay, since we're going to be talking about racism, I have two special guests with me. They're really amazing and knowledgeable. Without further ado, I have Kika and Nabula. They will talk about themselves and if they want to give you like their social media information, they will. And also, you guys, they're starting podcasts. They're starting one podcast, actually. And you guys could actually follow them. I'll put the information on the description and you guys just follow along. Without um, further ado, introduce yourself, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Nebula. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like say. I like walks on the beach. I'm lying. Um, you know, I love the, the fact that we're going to talk about racism because it's a issue that's been going on for forever. So I'm excited to dive into the topic. Hey, y'all. I'm Kika, and let's just dive into the topic. Like, it's like we're going to dive in, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, I'm sorry, y'all. Um, first question, we're going to get into that. Okay. All right. First question is, when were you first exposed to racism, and how did you feel about it? You want to go first? Sure. Hey, y'all, it's Keith on the mic. <laughs> okay, so first time I was exposed to racism. Oh, so I was born and raised in Haiti, so I didn't grow up in a country where being black was at the forefront of my experience. So the first time I experienced racism, I experienced racism in freshman year of college in 2014. And it was not only a culture shock for me, but it was also like a, okay, so I'm black now. I'm black, black. I always knew I was black as a Haitian person, but I wasn't treated as a black person. Like, blackness wasn't considered to be a negative thing in a sense. Mm. So for me, like, everyone was black in Haiti. So I didn't really have that, oh, you're black and you're white or you're Asian or you're whatever. It was always like, okay, you're just human. And then I came here and it was like, they categorized you. And that was very different for me because I didn't like that. And I just felt very much so as if I had to just jump into a crash course of just trying to figure out, okay, so what is BML? What is African-Americans going through in this country? And I really had to just like kind of merge my Haitian culture and then also try to, you know, understand the American side because if I'm going to live here, obviously I have to show some respect and do my work. So that was my first time, 2014, freshman year of college. Tough. So (laughs) just as Kika, I also grew up and I was born and raised in Haiti. And the thing about being born and raised in a black nation, it's a privilege that a lot of people don't get to, you know, experience. And for me, it's not that you don't know that you're black. You understand that you're black, but everything you do, it doesn't feel like somebody's greeting you as a black person first. It feels just like... It feels just as if... It just feels as if, you know, somebody sees you and they're like, okay... This is so and so, and they see your humanity before they see your race, so you're not greeted off of that at first. And when I, I wouldn't say the first time that I've experienced racism was also my freshman year of college, and it was at a party where um, I experienced racism first on the dating scene. It was like this white guy, and he basically was like, 
oh, you're cute for a black girl, but I would never go for you because you're black. And I felt like that was really awkward because for me, I couldn't fathom the fact that there's a whole concept based on no proof that I'm lesser than you. So it was just baffling to me. And just like Kika just said, I'm Haitian. So I had to literally jump into finding out, okay, what is going on? How long has this been going on, etc. So I think that was my experience about it. It was just very like feeling like a disgusting feeling kind of. Well, now that um, Nebula said what exactly she experienced, what I experienced was my freshman year of college, I was in a English course, and the topic was French. And with French, we would just kind of discuss the French language, dive into the French rhetoric, and all that fun stuff. And I'm from Haiti, so I'm thinking I'm going to come to this class and have so much to offer because, you know, in Haiti, French is the language, the national language, also Haitian Creole. And so my professor, he was from somewhere in the UK. I'm not really sure which area in the UK, but he was from the UK. And there was a girl who was from France and I was from Haiti. And the other people who were in the class, they weren't, they weren't French speaking people, but they had learned French and they took French courses. So first question he goes is, who speaks French as their first language? I raise my hand, she raises her hand, and she asks, okay, first thing she goes is, where are you from? And I'm a little confused because I'm like, okay, why didn't she ask the other girl who's from the U- um, yeah. who's from France and she's white, blue eyes, <clears throat> blonde hair, why didn't she ask her where she's from? It's kind of like she was white and automatically her French had some type of notoriety. It was like superior to you. Because mm-hmm. white people are wow. the default. Of- yeah. 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 And then so I said, oh, I'm from Haiti. And they were like, don't you speak like broken French? And he said that in front of everyone in the class. And That's I was like, insulting. sir, with all due respect, um, we were colonized by the French and therefore we speak French like every other French speaking colonized country. Have you ever asked a Canadian if they speak broken French? They have a whole keyboard. Haitians don't have a keyboard for French. So I was highly offended. And that was my first like reaction and I, I kid you not I got up and I just went to the bathroom and I like shed a tear because I was like what what is going on like he really tried to like embarrass me and I came back to the class and everyone was just so awkward about it so quiet and he didn't even try to like follow me or soothe my you know yeah. whatever was going on he just kind of like okay she's crying and I literally walked into him continuing the course and throughout the whole time the first two weeks he never asked my opinion about French. It was always that girl. Anytime I try to contribute, he always he had to fact down. check He minimized it. you, mm-hmm. basically. He had to fact check it. He asked the girl Lord. if I was correct. And then she was like, sir, with all due respect, Haitian people speak French. They speak great French. Exactly. We speak French together, and I don't see the difference. But he was still really just consistently just <clears throat> pushing my nerves. And eventually I spoke to my dad about it, and he was like, listen, just drop out of the class because a man like that at this point, well, you don't yeah, know if he's, he's going to tamper. You. Yeah, he's I'm after like, you, basically. You don't know if he's going to tamper with you. Or retaliate. Like, yeah. that, 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 like, really sucks because racism is something a lot of students, like, encounter. Yes. Like, especially being that you were a freshman in college and you experienced that, like, that could have traumatized you. Like For sure. Especially you in the dating scene, that that could have like yes. caused you to just like shut down, never want to date ever again. I mean, that's basically that what stuff. happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what happened. Yeah, like actually, it's like like uh, racism is something that's like taught. Like to me, at least, that's how that's how I look at it. It's something that you're taught, that you're taught. Like you could unlearn with anything. 
that you learned. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those situations where like racism. The only reason why it's so pervasive to me is because there's also an actual system backing it up, and then you have money that also backs up racism. So yeah, it's one of those situations. First question got a lot of response. Second question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like your response because you guys are very open. That's always our goal to be very open and vulnerable and all that great stuff. Oh yay! <laughs> yes, it's great. Um, second question um, is how has your viewpoint and um and racism changed over the year? Like, how have um your perspective of racism changed? Yeah, <laughs> racism <laughs> is deeper than I thought it was. Okay, because the thing about it is. For me, I understood that with racism now, and just studying back then, there is this weird difference between overt and covert racism. And people are thinking, if you're not verbally out loud racist, you're not out here, you know, lynching me or whatever, RIP to our ancestors. But it's one of those situations where now, because it's so hidden, like you can't really prove it to me, my my perspective of racism is more of a, I'm enerved, I'm annoyed, I'm vexed about it. But sometimes you feel as if the people are not just out there so you could just prove that it exists. And it's very difficult. So my thing about racism is it's kind of like that annoying bug in your ear that's like, yo, you, you have to stop. It's just always happening. And regardless how much people want to change it or whatever, it just seems like it's such a arduous thing to change. So I'm just feeling very, like, vexed and annoyed by it. How I feel about racism is, I honestly don't feel any different about it in terms of how I experienced it the first time because, I don't know, it's just, let me think. It's just, for me, it's one of those things, all you can do is just make change one by one, person by person, and I don't think it's, I can't say that I've seen a difference because you know, since 2014, it's 2020 and six years, realistically, you can't change a human psyche. So I don't think there's been a difference within six years of me living here. But again, I, have, I haven't I have lived in the States before 2014. All I can do is read history books, read up on it, but I can't really be like, okay, I've experienced that. Because in Haiti, I knew racism existed. Like I know, okay, yeah, that thing exists, but like to hear about something and then to experience it's something, two different things. It's from two different things. Yeah. Like I didn't think that someone's word could have that much power over right. my emotions. I really didn't think that. I, in my head, I'm like, okay, if somebody's racist, then okay, it's not, I don't go back. It, it doesn't do yeah, nothing. It doesn't do anything. Y'all really doing the same right? But when I got to class, I was like, wait, but that's my professor. He can actually <laughs> exercise oppression over me. That is not cool. What yeah. is going on? And the 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 funny thing about that whole experience, like. If you were to take it to, um, like, to, like, what is it, the dean or yeah, the dean of all that, I don't, I feel like they wouldn't even really look into they it. Wouldn't. They'd just be like, oh, we'll talk to him and just brush exactly. it off. Because I feel like racism is something that's, like, really big. And people, like, us black folks, like, it's minimized when we, when we like, yeah. report it. Let's say, like, a person, a white person go, like, a Karen or a Ken go and report one of us. <laughs> kids out here. Like, when go, they go and report it, then it's like, oh, the police are involved. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Breonna Taylor um, murder. Like, what happened to that? Like, the guys yeah. are walking free. Let's say that it was a reverse. Um, Let's say that it was reverse. It would have been a whole thing. Like, where the whole family was looked at differently. And they're, like, digging up all these things. Like, I'm sorry, like... And I think... Um, 
one thing that I do want to mention, oh, sorry, one thing that I do want to mention is I just want to get into the definition of racism really quickly. Like, racism is something that happens in a domino effect. First, people could be prejudiced about somebody, or it starts with stereotypes, and then you start having a prejudice or a notion based on nothing about how you feel about a certain group of people based on what you see. And racism is taught because racism is taught by every institution, school, the media, etc. So I feel as if it's one of those things that's so embedded into people's mind. And like you said, people think because, you know, our generations are like these new people, people are mixing and mingling that racism is something that is so minute but at the end of the day like you said it is something that is taught but at the end of the day racism is just one of those situations where you wholeheartedly believe that black people deserve this because they're dirty because they're black etc based on no scientific notion at all to the point that people used to do studies to prove that we deserve to live to be racist against people are using the bible so it's just one thing that people need to step back and understand racism has literally affected every corner of every institution from school to trying to apply for a job to the medical system it's really bad and it's like very pervasive it's everywhere so it's very interesting you have to understand the magnitude of racism because a lot of people will be oh you know obama was president okay what that gotta do with me racism is still a thing so still a thing like that's my thing um even well he's not in He's about to lose his power. <laughs> he refused to be. He, to, he, he refused to go down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like our current president right now, Donald Trump. Everybody's just like, I'm not going to say everybody. Like, let's just say that I have seen racism through him. Like, it's like now everybody that's racist. And it's, it's just like true. they're showing themselves. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not yeah. racist. I just don't like this, this, and that. Or, or. He, I feel like with him, it's just a lot of racist comment. Like when he would like, for example, the coronavirus. He called it the Chinese people um, disease or Chinese people virus. Like that's racist. You don't see people saying, um, 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 "What is it? America is full of bombardioni." Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let me not because like that's not fair. Like that's not cool. Like for you to mistreat people. Like over time. I feel like our eyes have become more open mm-hmm. with racism. We've been more aware of it. Like we've been, like we're learning to teach our kids. Like I have mm-hmm. a niece. I have two nieces and one nephew. We're talking to my nephew now about um, when you. He's only like thirteen. We're telling him when you see a police, what to do. My right. niece is like we have to prep them. We have to, they have to have certain conversation right. with like little black kids versus a white little person. They don't gotta go through that. They don't. They're free to roam around however they want. And the black kid is um, going through, mommy and daddy have to sit you down and tell you, when you see a police officer, if you're in the park, stay still, don't move. Right. You make any sudden movement, you could be shot. Because yeah. that's what I was saying, that like, I've experienced racism since 2014, and it's going to have to take a revolution because, you know, these things take time. Like, you know, racism is so systematic and embedded in like every corner of everyone's reality even though some people want to deny it and gaslight the issue i think people know so i just feel like it's going to take time and i think people it's unfortunate that i don't think i am honestly going to see change in my lifetime but i think that you know 
maybe generations after me, but I think that it's important that people in our, in our generation start to do the grunt work because we have the internet at our service. And I'm saying Twitter fingers is not going to help, but nope. we can't use Twitter to get together to meet up. So it's kind of yes. like, let's not just keep it at hashtags. Let's actually make things move because I feel like that's what's, we have to like keep the movement going. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like I haven't seen much change, but yet again, someone could have a different perspective. Yes. And on top of that too, like, it's just funny because racism has literally birthed other issues for black yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Like, like texturism, colorism, featureism, everything. And sometimes to me, like the whole black issue, the black dilemma is basically a dichotomy. Like you have to understand that we you have to understand that the whole entire situation with racism really just open avenues for other situations to happen for black people to just have that certain type of psyche or believe that, you know, they can do a certain things because they're so-and-so. So I think it's very important to also understand that not only did that happen, but nobody got any type of mental health, like a free therapy pass to do with it. So it's like, you just expect me to be like, okay, you're racist? Cool. I understand you have trauma in the workplace. Like, I've experienced trauma, racist trauma mm-hmm. in the workplace. Literally got, like, let go because of racism. So, it's just one of those situations where, like, y'all not even trying to appease the thing. You're not even trying to say, hey, we know you guys are going through this. It's just like, okay, figure it out. Even though we yeah. did this. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next question. <laughs> I like this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. Next question. Is there a difference between discrimination and racism to you guys? There is a huge difference. Yep. Miriam Webster says there is. Ooh. <laughs> she sure does. Ooh. <laughs> but basically, I explain it real quick. So discrimination is, like I said, it's you taking it a step further than prejudice. So discrimination has to be, not only do you think this person is a certain way, you act upon making sure that person doesn't move on or you act upon your hatred. If there's no action, there's no discrimination. And racism is basically thinking that you deserve better or another race is lesser than you and you deserve to dominate over that race. And because so, you make sure you have system in place to keep those people in those places. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> what she said. Uh, <laughs> retweet. Okay, can you guys like give me an example um to differentiate discrimination and racism? Well, let me think about Okay. <laughs> I, have, I have an example. Okay, we all seen the Karen troll. Okay, so discrimination. Discrimination is, okay, you see a black person walking down the street or walking by you with a hoodie and you clutch your pearls. That's just discrimination. Racism is taking that and then knowing that as a privileged white individual, then you call the cops on that individual and then the police show up and exercise power over that individual mm-hmm. to the point of death. I think that's the difference. Racism does include power, you're right. Yeah. Perfect mm-hmm. example. Perfect example. Okay, last but not least question is, um, <clears throat> are there any subsections of racism and also different race experience in racism? Can we talk about that a little? Sure. 
Um, I do want to say something when it comes to racism. Technically, if you're a member of a race, you can be racist. So that's that. It's not just, you know, white against black, etc. But I don't want to say that there's exactly a subsections to racism. I think there's just different ways that or different institution that kind of reinforce racism. But there are uh, side effects of racism for sure. Like colorism, featureism etc and then that also falls under the umbrella of the side effects of white supremacy as well which is a whole nother topic but i don't think there's any subsections to be honest like i said i just think it's just different ways that you can express racism and in terms like of uh, can other races be i don't know what it was like different oh, oh. Different it was different race experiencing racism like, well yes there's definitely different ways that I experience racism but the best way that I can explain it is this like there's definitely a difference between black people and people of color um POC people black people we are people of color but people of color are not black people so the way I like to explain it is yes different races definitely experience racism but it's not to the T of a black person because at the end of the day, yeah, we're on this oppression boat, but there's levels to the boat, okay? And we at the bottom, okay? You know, like the Titanic people was out here doing the low coal in the bottom. Black people, we were doing the coal, and then eventually, etc. But yes, I can't speak on how other people experience racism in other, you know, situations because I mostly just see discrimination in, um, in this country that I can't speak for no other countries, but I usually see that. But also, it's very important to remember that Hispanic people, Asian people, etc., they can also be racist respectfully in their own way too. Yeah, not respectfully. It's not respectfully racist. It's not respectful to be racist. Yeah, I definitely agree. Subsections. I think that as a whole, racism has different umbrellas under it. A lot of people are try to argue that um, there comes to a point where somebody might be like a someone someone might be so colored that they become racist Mm -hmm. for example like a black man i know that being racist you have to have the power to exercise racism but in certain countries where um it is an all-black nation and you know in a hypothetical society if it's an all-black nation and you know they don't allow white people in they don't allow white people to have jobs they don't allow white people to have land, they don't allow white people to do certain things, then technically black people could be racist towards white people. I think that black people could just be discriminatory towards white people just because I don't think that black people even have the socioeconomic status as a race, as a people, to oppress white people. So I think we can definitely be discriminatory, but I don't think I can ever stop a white person from getting a job or a white person from, you know, not elevating above me. And in terms of POC, me being Haitian, the racism I experienced, quote unquote, was more so on the Dominican side. Mm. So like, it wasn't necessarily coming from white people because that's not what I was exposed to. So even though I didn't technically experience racism, the experience that I heard from my Haitian um, parts, who for example, I had an auntie who had a Dominican um, son with a Dominican man and she was Haitian. And the guy, at first, he had a Dominican passport. And after doing some digging, the government decided to denationalize him because they found out that he had Haitian in him. So these are the stories I would hear about racism. And 
you know, like I said, growing up in Haiti, it was always like, oh, the Dominicans are racist towards us because, you know, even though Hispanics are not a race per se, but I do consider that, I consider Latinos and Hispanics to be mixed race people. I don't consider them to be black as a whole. I do think that amongst Latinos and Hispanics, there's Afro-Latinos and there's indigenous Latinos and all of those subcategories. But I think when you when I think of like the Hispanics and quote unquote Latinos, because I think Latino is more of a culture than a people to be honest. But when I think of that, I think of just a mixture of different kind of people. So whether that be white, black, indigenous, whatever it may be. So I think racism is just this big umbrella with a bunch of things under it. I guess you can technically call colorism and futurism a subsection of racism, but it would all depend on how you want to categorize your tree, I guess. And another thing I would say is sometimes POC people can be more racist to black people than white people. And I've witnessed it, especially in, you know, the Hispanic community where you find that um, they're colorist and they're racist. They're the, you know, oh, why aren't you straightening your hair? Oh, you're too black. Oh, I've heard, um, I have Indian friends in college where she told me that in her, um, culture, specifically her parents, specifically in her family, but overall in her culture, they have this thing called BMW. Now, I don't know, I don't want to speak for the Indian culture, but that's what I heard from my two Indian friends in college, and they told me that there's a thing called BMW, and it says, you cannot bring a black, what is it, a black, a Muslim, or, or a white person in the family to marry, and be, the blackness was at the top, like, it was a no. They would tolerate the white man, they would tolerate the Muslim, because they could convert him, but the black man was absolutely no. So for me to hear, coming from Haiti, Indians, who I'm like, okay, they're POC, to tell me, oh, BMW, no black men, Muslims, or white, I was like, okay, so it's not just white people. Like, the world has been brainwashed to internalize racism against black people and it's kind of sickening and that's why like you know during the black lives matter when celebrities were saying poc i was a little irritated because i yeah. feel like we were just kind of like brushing a pain brushing over up. all yeah, people issue? of color yeah. and it's kind of like come on now let, let's not do that we, we know we're talking about black men and black yeah. women dying i think with like black lives matters like a lot of people are like well everybody's life matter like yeah that's but really life. black people are really the one that's been persecuted their whole time we were forced. Um, we were forced into America to work as slaves. Not only was it forced on us, like once we worked to get out of it, you guys found, you guys created a system that would cause us to continuously be a slave to it. Not just us, but like black people, we have it tougher because it's easy for a white man to get a job. Like they could just get off the street, whereas a black man could have like ten different degrees. And you guys will prefer him over the um, the druggie that just like basically picked himself up and put on a freaking suit because of his skin color. You guys feel like, oh, he'll be better, but that's not always the case. And I feel like, not see this this thing always gets me work up. Like us black people, we have it so much harder because I'm gonna say it like it is. Like I feel like they're they're jealous of black people of our strength because we're hard working we will get the job done like you put a black person to work versus a white man they will find they will try to find the easiest way out of it like i feel like with slave masters that's why like they they were they project their fear on their slave 
because okay i see that you guys could do this you guys could withstand all of these heat all of this work i'm putting you in the field and all that stuff i'm putting y'all to work and y'all still surviving they knew that if it was them within two hours of being out here in the sun picking i'm um, picking cotton they would have been dead and gone they would have been done like for them it's not even just oh um black people are inferior to us it's like no we are inferior to them but we're gonna project our fear on them so that way that they feel that they're they're powerless and it's really like really look at the um the system like it's work to it's um their goal is to take the black men out of the house i'm in because i'm sorry i'm just gonna say this and be done because <laughs> because like the black man once he's in a house there's structure like I know there's some black men that are abusive, but like when they have their clear mind and they said, would they have a plan? If a black man has a plan for his life and he has a black woman or he has a family, I guarantee you they will reach the top. And the, um, the system is created to take the black men out of the house because the black man does a great job leading. The black man does, he works hard to provide for his family because his family's first. And he knows that he's, he carries his family on his back versus the, the white man that needs somebody that to constantly push him. So their way of breaking us is taking our man out of the family, taking breaking the man the out of the house, breaking the family up. If they break a family, then that means that there's no structure, there's nothing, you know, they're just going to hurt us. Also, one Black thing. Men are drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes, I was gonna say. Also, one thing that I think is very important to bring forth in this conversation is the notion and the annoyingness that is anti-blackness. Because at the end of the day, it's very easy for people to speak about racism in the United States because it is a world power it's on mm-hmm. the stage or whatnot. But at the end of the day, when you step back and you realize anti-blackness. It's one thing. Then you have anti-African. And then it's like white people, Asian people, etc. Black people themselves are also anti-black. Yeah, they are. Like my sister said, I do want to like go back to that and say like for me, when I experience racism from POC, it hurts more than when white people do it to me. Because it's like, okay, yeah, racism, white people, it's not that I expect it, but when white people do it, it's it's just usually the story that they tell. Yeah, it's okay. You know, white and black. Mm -hmm. But when it's POC, it's like, Hold up a mini. So you mean to tell me everybody was able to assimilate in this country, but somehow black people are not able to do that? Irish people are able to assimilate. Asian people, etc. But it's very interesting because even as a Haitian person, I take it very personally because technically Haitian people are part of the Latin American culture. Like my sister said, I don't think it's it's a what's it called? A race because there's different countries and ethnicities. But all I have to say is because of those experiences, I've first and foremost thought that, oh, first and foremost thought that, you know, not only that, and then on top of that, I gotta be here in the United States with white people being racist as well. And it's just very interesting because the genetics of somebody of Latin America, they do have blackness inside of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they even have something called Alfonso La Raza, which means I want to breed out the blackness out of me. That's how serious it really is. Yeah. Like people don't yeah. want you to bring black people to their family. Like people are getting this on out here in these streets because they're bringing a black person home. It's really that serious. And on top of that, you mentioned the whole thing about taking the black man out of the family. family. Let's be clear to white 
people, etc. White supremacy, that's a strategy that people use mm-hmm. to do that. And also, if you look at the jail system, the jail system was directly created um the 13th amendment which is a movie on netflix it was created to keep slavery going yeah like okay especially with the whole thing with industrialization if you peep the united states used to be all about using your hands but when the white man realized hold on this whole time they've been in the cotton field they've been using their hands we've been you know they're going through slavery beating them etc they're having those handsy skills so what are we gonna do we're gonna create labor unions even labor unions are racist we're gonna create labor unions and shift society from you know vocational to education because you know it's gonna be hard for a black person to get education because jim crow came right after racism it's just this pattern over and then you got mass incarceration so it's just like something that just to me keeps just reinventing itself. Yeah, yeah. like hey today i was slavery now i'm jim crow hello now i'm this now yeah it's just like it's a cover-up it's like a cover-up yeah, like like I said, racism is not it's not just that, but also the system is created against us and all that stuff. Like like to me it's just it's gonna continue. It's gonna continue. And I understand we had the Civil War and they say, you know, there's no more slavery, but in reality we're a slave. So going back to your question, I'm going to ask you your question. Do have you seen change and do you think there will be change? Have I seen change? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot more races. If that's a change, a lot of more people, a lot more. No, like forever. A lot of people are coming out now. Like they may not say it, but their actions show it. Their body language. Like if we're going to be honest, like their body language, the way they talk to you. Or because they have a black relative. I mean, a black, a friend. friend or it's a not. Black no, couple. like people that says, oh, I have a black friend. Like, I don't care if you have one black friend, you have one black friend. And there's like women that have this fetish where it's like, oh, I'm going to date a black man. Just, and now they want to speak yeah. for black issues. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're mm. not. You're not. You're. You're seeing. You. You're seeing a black man, and it's like, I'm sorry to say this too. I'm not looking down on any black man dating a white woman or any of that. That's another. But story. honestly, black men, you, if you want to be accepted so bad into this world, baby, <laughs> go back to your roots. Find out, like. There's black men that's like, oh, I would never date a black woman because sure. she's loud. This and that. No, honey. You just mad. You just mad that we know what we deserve and we mm-hmm. will not put up with the crap that you're going to give us. Yep. Okay? That's why you're mad and you want a Barbie in your arm that will only be there because you have a little bit of black money Barbie's in your pocket. House. And once that, once that money's gone, baby, she's going to get up and sure. leave you and go find herself a white man. Because guess what? You were just there temporarily. That's not your place. Stick to what you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I think yeah. that it's not only black women that are loud. I just think POC, ethnic people are loud yeah, ethnic people in general. I have seen, I have heard, I've had, I've had Hispanic neighbors, I've had Asian neighbors. Well, she's spicy, she's not loud. Yeah, she's, she's spicy. spicy. And it's kind of like... But it's, with it's, us, it's just like ghetto when yeah, we do it, you know? Yeah. With us, it's a, it's a, it's a title with us. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not allowed to express ourselves. Like, when, when, when Karen takes her knife, no, when Karen takes her knives and cut Ken up, it's nothing, it's just a mental um, problem, but us. Girl, it's, it's a TV show. You know? I get away with murder. <laughs> like, no, like, like you know? It's a TV show. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> true, I can already like, see it, but 
These what are things. What were you gonna oh, say? You know, you guys, let's wrap this up because we could. We let's wrap this up because we could go on. For yeah, what, hours. what I was gonna say and wrap it up was just that, like, at the end of the day, within every race, there are these characteristics. You're going to find people who are loud. You're going to find. You know, people who are not loud. Like, there are black women, whether you believe it or not, who love anime and who are very timid and very shy. We are not all rah-rah. And if so, what's wrong with it? I'm not for you. Leave me alone. Okay. If I'm not for you, leave me alone. Don't bash me. Don't just leave me alone. Period. Don't bash your mom better yet. And also, (laughs) I do want to say this. Black men or black women, do you know how ridiculous you look using the white man's tool to do the work for him. White people don't came up in the, the black community and planted the seed. And we keep nurturing that seed to become this whole entire jungle. Colorism, featureism, etc. Please sit back and understand it is literally you're going against human nature to say that you're not going to be with somebody who looks like you. You don't like yourself. You're self-hating. Why would I want to be with somebody who don't even, who doesn't even know how to, you know, love themselves? Every other race, they don't have that issue. But for some reason, black people, it's a complex, and we need to understand that. Last thing I just have to say, preference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just had to put that out there. Because preference be racist sometimes. A preference does not deny beauty in another race. I have a preference to be with a black man because I want to build wealth for my black family and I want to be in my Haitian culture and I want to have that. However, if I see a good-looking white person or a good-looking Asian woman who's good-looking, I'm not going to be like, oh, just because you're white, you're ugly now. And I feel like that's not a preference, especially if that quote-unquote preference is hateful and it that's your own race. Those are your sisters, those are your cousins, this is your mother. So it's kind of like very interesting that y'all have a preference and then you invoke that preference on your children, which shows that you get with these um, <laughs> interracial couples to produce fetishized kids. Right. So it's kind of like, did you have, did you really have a preference or you just hate yourself that much that you want your offsprings to look nothing like yeah. you? So That's sad. But if you love somebody, love is blind, shout out who? Love. Lauren, Lauren and Cameron. Cameron. I support the Lauren, I support and Cameron that. in the world. Yeah. Lauren and Cameron, we are all for you. But I love them together, you guys. Yeah, we are I all for them. I love them. Like, honestly, I love the fact that Cam, like, I will support Lauren and Cameron because Cameron stand up for his wife. Yeah. He does yeah. not let anybody talk about his wife any type of way because he support the movement. Yeah. Mm. There's white people that support the movement that are woke. They know mm-hmm. the real deal. That's fine. Me, my man, no Shelly. Who pop for me? My boy can like tea. Right. That's just me. Like honestly, and you like, guys. Respect that. Just respect my decision. I, I will respect everybody's decision. Like I don't know exactly like the Bible scripture that says um, all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. And I believe, and I think somewhere in the Constitution or something where it says like all like it says all men are created equal also. And it's like, we're not created equal because when you look at my skin, you look at his skin, you don't see that yeah. equal. I mean, the Constitution, like, I totally understand what you mean, but the Constitution, it's not all men equal. you got to look at the context equal. of it because it wasn't made for everybody. It was made for rich, white, and, and, property-owning yeah. men. So, at the end of the day, 
out the corn of it, you was never for me. <laughs> so, you know Yeah, and then they, they try to push that on, on exactly. us black people. Yeah. It's like you're created equal. But yeah. You were three-fourths of a person or three-eighths, something like that. I don't remember. It was like three-fourths, three-eighths. I don't remember. A black person or wasn't even one-eighth. It wasn't even... You weren't even considered a person. You were considered not even half, fam. Yeah, like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I do want to say, though, because, you know... I know a lot of, you know, I don't know your followers, a lot of white people when you have these conversations with them, they get very defensive. Ooh, they're scared. So at the end of the day, white people, I just want to challenge y'all real quick. Just pay attention, white Asians, whatever, because at the end of the day, a lot of y'all think like we're complaining, but since y'all might think that, my question to you all is, how do you think this could be changed? Like, what things can we take, the first steps that we can take to change yeah. this? Definitely. Or do you think it's not even up to us to change it because we ain't put it there? What yeah. are you thinking? I mean, if if we're, if we're just going to be like, oh, we didn't put it there, nobody's going to change it. True. It's like seeing a trash in the, like, somewhere, and it's just like, oh, and, like, let's just say trash in your living room. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm not taking it out because I didn't put it there. Like, you don't take it out, who's going to take it out? It's in your living room now. It's in your living room. It's <laughs> literally right. in affecting. your house. It, it affects you. So, so, like, do you have any concrete, like, calls to action that you think can... I think it all starts with dialogue and just trying to yeah. just understand each other's point of view. And, obviously, you'll probably never understand why I take that back. But, we something, anything, like, just listen to me. It's not even and don't just listen that to not respond. Don't it's listen. not even that understanding. It's just, like, you could sit here and communicate, and they will say, yes, I understand. It's putting in the work. Like, yeah. let me see you do something about it. You believe this and that, sign the petitions. Mm-hmm. Not just petition, but stand up for stand up for somebody that you see that's um, experiencing it. Right. Yeah, but I do think that it does have to start with understanding each other yes, just because there comes a point, someone is so racist that they have to be untalked. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, we have to just sit down and talk about this, you know? And... I can appreciate people who are willing to have these uncomfortable conversations with people who are racist and people with people who are, you know, discriminatory because some of us, you know, we get, we get on our nerves, we get, we get wild up and it's worth reason. You're upset. And I feel like though emotions are definitely valid there, human instinct is when you're trying to have a dialogue, you have to come at people with with a certain level of calm and a certain level of, okay, here is the facts. Don't just tell people Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Why do Black Lives Matter and why are we doing this? And why haven't they mattered? And why have they not mattered? Yeah. So it's kind of like, I think it's all about just having a conversation first. And once we have that conversation, then we can be like, okay, wow, like, thank you for that. Go, you know, ponder on that and let's come back and see call to action. And if after that conversation, the person is still not convinced, he still wants to do whatever he does, then let him go. Yeah. I only have one call to action for this, and my thing about it is no shade to the Spaniards and, you know, white supremacy. Y'all love divide and conquer. It's what we're going to have to do to solve this issue. Divide and conquer. Because at the end of the day, it's taught. You need to go back to your family. Youth out there, tell your family how that is wrong. Ask people, okay, you're racist, you're this and that. Where is the scientific proof that says black people are inherently lazy? Where is that? And also learn your own history and understand that the history is told from the victor's side. So seek out 
history written context or content that is not from the white perspective because at the end of the day there's so much i can do in allyship with you you need to do the work at your own house at the dinner table challenge your grandma your grandparents that's all you really can do for now that's how i see Thank you, darling, for having us and making this a safe haven to talk about such a difficult topic like racism. And, you know, I just want to point it on shameless plug or whatever. I do have a YouTube channel. You can follow me at Nebula Noir. That is N-E-B-U-L-A-E-N-O-I-R-E. Yes. Um, this is Kika. Thank you, Darlene, for having us. <laughs> that was awesome. It really was a lot of fun, and I really hope that Anyone who's listening to this is opening their minds. If you are racist, listen Be up. Be recovery racist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to pray for you and be a recovering racist so we can make the world a better place. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And thank you to the producer, Stefan. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> <Master> Stefan. <laughs> but do you guys want to um, give your podcast information? Yes. We all want. Follow us at Rebuttal Queen. So it's R-E-B-U-T-T-A-L-Q-U-E-E-N-S on Instagram. We're still in the works, but you know, if you follow our journey from zero to 100, you're going to be a loyal subscriber or whatever, and we're going to be having a good time. So yeah, maybe we'll collide. Definitely. Yeah. Let's and do it. Keep this conversation going. Yeah. I know y'all love saying, hey man, we love you. Keep it going in your household. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, this was safe haven with my special guest hope you guys enjoyed it we sure did